everyone, and welcome to another Scotsway podcast. And in what has become a bit of an annual thing uh, since lockdown started, I'm talking to my brother Andy Braidwood, who's in the wilds of Braemar, and we're going to just chat about some of our favourite things of the year and things we would be recommending to each other anyway uh, when we catch up. But first of all, hello Andy, how you doing? Hi Ali, how are you? I'm doing fine here up in Braemar, snowing a dinger outside and um, we're in the middle of uh, a Christmas festival in the village, so it's 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 very seasonable weather indeed. Snow, I love snow. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward yeah. to coming up to see you over Christmas. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes, absolutely. But before we do that, much more mm. important thing about chatting. Uh, this has actually been requested by some people, by the way, if we would do another one, so uh, which is very touching. It's it's the fans. Give the fans what they want. The fans obviously. what they want, man, yeah. So yeah, will, I, will I go first with my first recommendation of the year, one of my favourite things of the year, to get us back into the way of doing things? Yeah, yeah, Ali. Yeah, fire away, and then I'll, uh, I'll pick up once you've done something, yeah. Okay, well, the very first, I want to talk about an album by Butcher Boy. Were you ever aware of Butcher Boy? They started in the late 90s and went on through the time. No, no. Okay. No, I, I'm not aware of them, Ali. Sorry, I'm shaking my head, but I realise this will be on audio as well, won't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, um, I so, Butcher Boy basically were, when people said, oh, um, I like, you know, these days you think, eh, uh, you like this band, therefore you'll like this band. So back in the day, in the late 90s, people said, oh, I really like Bell and Sebastian. You might say, well, right. I think you're going to love Butcher Boy because they've got the same kind of, I'm going to say sophisticated indie, but, you know, intelligent indie music where the lyrics are quite literate. And, hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, really terrific band. There was, I think there was, over the years, their lineup has kind of changed and expanded and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um mm -hmm. And they, they pop up every now and again. And this year they popped up with a kind of anthology of their kind of greatest hits. It's called You Had a Kind Face. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think there's three new tracks on it as well, but it's an absolutely beautiful album. It reminds, I'd kind of forgotten about them, absolutely. But mm -hmm. this was a great reminder of why I liked them in the first place. And actually the album itself, the vinyl I am holding up for uh, viewers on YouTube, it's a beautiful thing with kind of, Footage, old footage of like Newtown uh, places. Mm -hmm. uh, Pete Pafidis, the journalist, basically helped to get the thing put out in the first place. And there's some fantastic liner notes by the writer John Niven, which are almost worth buying the album for themselves. They're really moving all about a, the, I should say that the town is Livingston. That's where they kind of came from. So that's where all these pictures mm -hmm. are. And I know you like this kind of thing, like the old I do, yeah. back in the day, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Cumbernauld and all of this kind of new towns, so, and even Canvas Lang uh, shopping centre and things like that. I'd like having having gone to school like we went to Ali, you can't uh, not like a bit of brutalism. Exactly, and there's a lots of brutalism in here. In mm -hmm. fact, we thing at the bottom of this fantastic picture of a mum and a son is Lovely. We sat friendly yeah. on a slab of stone. You think, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the it, the music's fantastic. It's even if you'd never heard the band, it's real nineties, stroke early two thousands indie music. Um, and you know things like bad bad things will happen when it's quiet. This kiss will marry us. The days our voice broke. There's lots of kind of nostalgia, that mm -hmm. kind of reminiscence of first love, and you know 
uh, first house. It's, it's the lots of nostalgia mm -hmm. in this. They were in the songs That's... originally, and this is like nostalgia on top of nostalgia, if you know what I mean. It uh, sounds like uh, my cup of tea at the moment because I've just, <laughs> you know, I'm, I seem to have had my ears shut or something during the early 90s for some reason. I think I was into ambient music and that was me. I was so stuck on just this, you know, new music that was to me. So I missed all the, a lot of the stuff there. And I'm going back and I've just discovered the uh, slow dive and oh, things yeah. like that. And, and, all the and easy stuff. All the shit, but really nostalgic, ethereal kind of indie pop shoegaze dream pop whatever you want to call it um that um grunge seemed to brutally knocked out the way um well see in the uk now you know me i devoured my music papers and uh -huh. there was lots of stuff written about ride and about the very first verve album and like slow dive and and all of these bands that i could absolutely see you um loving because it was a really popular movement but it was very much a uk thing i don't know how i missed it like i say it's it's all the stuff I love. It's loads of effects, pedals, loads of reverb, lots of atmosphere, um, the, the sort of uh, hushed vocals. And uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm amazed. It just passed me by. I don't know what I was doing. I was obviously uh, on a different, slightly very, very much, in, Very much influenced by the Cocteau Twins. And, you know, that, mm, yeah, uh, yeah. And you've got yeah. Mazzy Star, I guess they're American. But, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. That mm -hmm. kind of so I'm going back and relearning a lot, which is great because I've never heard it before. So it's coming to it new, and I love that when you just discover something you've just missed, and it's it's all good music, but you've just it's like you know you've never heard it before. So uh, that's where I'm at with that. So that sounds like my cup of tea, Ali. Absolutely. I mean, it's not it's not shoegaze. I guess should stress that it is more kind right. of guitar-y, uh, epic, chamber pop kind of stuff. Like as I say, like uh, Bell and mm -hmm. Sebastian would do their strings, right? Their yeah. songs and all that, but yeah, I think you will like yeah. it. It's very much um, talking about uh, your know, childhood itself, which uh, you know I know is a yeah. thing that you like as well. Yeah, yeah. I've got you when you're talking about the 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 buildings and the uh, new towns and stuff like that. I've got quite a collection of uh, uh, East Kilbride, Hamilton, and uh, Cumbernauld postcards by a company called. Uh, Oh gosh, what are they called again? Um, Hail Caledonia. You okay. can't get them anymore, but they're fantastic postcards of the time. And I digress mm. hugely, but we'll chat about that when you're up. Right. What's your first um, suggestion for for me? Right. Uh, this book here, which I'll try and hold up, which is called. My, well, this book is called Confessions of a Highland Art Dealer, uh, by Tony Davidson. And um, I bought this when I was in, uh, where was I? I was over in um, Glencoe and uh, on a short holiday. And that's that's the time I tend to read because um, for some reason my brain doesn't work that way. I can't, I'm not very good at sitting down for large chunks of time and concentrating. So uh, I got this on holiday because it was practically aimed at the likes of me. And uh, I really enjoyed it just purely because some of it I could have written probably because uh, if I had the writing skills, um, the 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 uh, the places where the guy, the writer has uh, Tony Davidson has um, found himself is quite similar to to uh, where I've been myself, you know. And he he what he did was he um, bought a redundant church uh, up north, 
and uh, with not very much money in his back pocket, um, started doing it up and uh, started writing off to um, starting at the top, the best artist or what he thought, you know, what he regarded as the best artist that he could and uh, with no planning permission in, in, in place or anything, but just started with a, with a vision of doing this thing. And, uh, and it's that story of him uh, bringing it to reality. And uh, it was just, it was a good read for me. It was a real, I finished it. You know me, Ali, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a huge reader, but I just finished that in one sitting. I couldn't, um, I couldn't put it down because it was, it was, it was, uh, it was great. So I enjoyed that. I don't know. Did you have you read it? No, you haven't read no, it. No, I haven't. You told me about no. it. And I, yeah. I'm looking forward to reading it. We should say for people uh, at home that you run a gallery in Braemar, which is why it kind of really hits with you so much. Yeah, I should explain that. Obviously, I'm talking to you, so I don't need to explain yeah. to you. But with everyone else that's uh, listening, yes, that's what I do. So uh, the Confessions of a Highland Art Dealer. Um, just uh, resonated with me because it's very similar to my experiences of doing it as well so yeah good read and well written funny funny as well and yeah yeah no i, I really want to read that uh it sounds excellent mm -hmm. my next choice is a book as well and again it's one i think you would really enjoy it's graham thompson's themes for great cities and it's his new history of simple minds and it basically covers the early albums up to New Gold Dream. I don't think it goes any further than that. It, up to kind of Don't You Forget About Me suddenly took them to another level. And as I think hmm. you would agree, and certainly most people seem to, those were the really interesting Simple Minds years when it was very mm -hmm. European and electronic and kind of can and craft work and all of that kind of stuff. And Giorgio Moroda were their influences, you know. And yeah. Kerr wore loads of eyeliner and uh, looked a bit like a character from Blackadder. It, yeah, exactly. Listening back now, it, it that I mean, I liked all the big music because I, I just a couple of years uh, younger than you. But um, when I look back now and I can see what the influences are, and and, and it's far more interesting music, the early stuff, because like you say, it's really odd, you know, to hear it now. I, I don't know if it was odd in its context. Probably did sound quite odd. Well, time. I think probably the first Simple Minds album I would have had would have been the American. Well, had the American on it, it's Sister mm. Feelings Call, I think. Oh, gosh. Um, anyway, and, and that was quite, it, it was almost starting to have American kind of funky. There was the bass line going on, but it was still a... a slap funk. Slap funk, and it was starting to change. So that was kind mm -hmm. of, and, and it continued to go that way, as you say, and became kind of bigger and bigger. But uh, this, Graham Thompson, who's a fantastic music journalist, has really done his research. He talks to nearly everyone, I say nearly everyone, Mel Gaynor, who was always introduced as the best young drummer the, in the world. The best young drummer in the world. Uh, hasn't spoken to him, and it's a real shame because uh, there's no doubt that this, the Say Sparkle in the Rain, I think was the first album he played on, and you have those drums in Waterfront, and he basically changed their sound almost. Because he was such was, a bad drum. When you play the drums, Andy, you can say how. Well, that's that's actually what I was going to ask. You. I said, was was Mel Gaynor in the band at that point? When did he come in? Did, no, or was he always in? No, he wasn't. No, 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 no. no. Fact, yeah, yeah. It, it was through a lot of the other changes that happened. Yeah. You know, mm. it's the usual thing with bands. There are some people that go, oh, I can't wait for this to happen any longer. I've got to get on with my life. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Twin driving forces of Jim Kerr and Charlie Butchell right from the mm -hmm. start. Real kind of brothers. Mm -hmm. 
um, yeah. say, well, this is going to happen, and they were taking trips to Europe and and then you know taking out going to galleries and and reading books and all the stuff that's in those early albums. They were mm. just desperate and hungry to learn more. Mel mm. Gaynor comes in sounds wise on I think it must have been I don't think he plays on every track in Sparkle in the Rain, but it must be Sparkle in the Rain because that's when it got really. Yeah, well, that's when you know what you think of the drums and Waterfront, you know, doing it and boom, boom. That's where a yeah, that's when he really kind of kicked it. Now, now I'm thinking off the top of my head here. He may play on some of New Gold Dream, I think, Mm -hmm. but then Sparkle in the Rain was next, wasn't it? That's right, and that was the kind of bigger, Mm -hmm. bombastic, almost stadium-filling sound that we came to know. Mm -hmm. Came afterwards, but yeah, Uh, once upon a time after that, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, exactly, and, mm. he, and he certainly plays on all of those tracks. Um, yeah. So that's the kind of ghost at the feast that's missing, if you like, but it doesn't matter. It's a terrific read, if you like Simple Minds, even if you didn't, but, you know, there, there's all the stuff, him and Tory Glenn and, and, and Charlie up in the Kermunnock, uh, and you'll know, get together mm-hmm. pals, and mm-hmm. you know, they, made, they made five or six albums over, like, four or five years. It's quite incredible. You know, mm-hmm. the amount of output they were doing and they were touring and all of those things. And there's lots of great stories with Don't You Forget About Me, which was originally put up to at least Echo and the Bunny Men and other bands as well. Really? And, I didn't know that. Uh, mm-hmm. And they didn't want to, they didn't want to do it. The band did not right. want to do it. Right. And then they said, Oh, right, okay. The, the, the a guy who had worked with them said, I think you'd be really good at this. And of course, the rest is history because that just mm-hmm. broke America with them. Massive, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a really good book. I think you'll really cool. Like. Nice man. Next choice from yourself. Mm. Okay. Mine is uh, Lewis McLaughlin, uh, his new album, which is called "Feel the Ground You Walk Upon." Uh-huh. And that and that's it there. If I hold it up. Yes, it's a fantastic which, record. Yeah, it's a great record. <laughs> Cracking cover as well, which I just really enjoy. But uh, yeah. I uh, I met him a wee a wee while ago. A friend a friend was playing in a Cayley band, and and they're all terribly young. And uh, I think he's twenty. And uh, we were we did a wee Cayley gig. I was on. I was playing the drums, and um, thought nothing more about it. But he had some really nice songs that he was playing on acoustic guitar. And then uh, the next time I saw him, he was playing um, Glastonbury, the, the little you know the sort of BBC. Newcomer uh, acoustic set, introducing, yeah, right. So he's the, and he did a brilliant. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure which one he did. He might have done uh, summer. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, there's a track called Summer, which is fantastic. Uh, I think he studied sound production as well because when you get uh, some of the songs, they have um, all these layers of vocals and 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 and, and quite. A, uh, and not strange, but interesting edits and and layering of the vocals, um, and you can you can hear his John Martin influence and stuff like that. And through talking to him, of you know his his, his folks were into uh, John Martin and, and stuff like that. You can hear how when he's playing the guitar and singing, it's it, to me it's all one sound. It's just uh, like you know so, sometimes you're not quite sure of the words because it's all one it's all one sound. It's like couldn't you couldn't take one from the other and it, I, it, yeah he's, he's really very very good and this album everything's been delayed this year vinyl yeah. i think so it took it took a while to get here 
but it's fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think what else I like. I mean, just gosh. Uh, I uh, was have, you, have you got it? Have you got I it? have, I have. Yeah, I arrived yeah, just yeah. a couple of days after you. In fact, mm -hmm. I was at the Scottish Alternative Music Awards on Thursday night and I bumped into him. And oh, I was right, because he was shortlisted for the best acoustic award. Um, right. yeah, yeah, very mm -hmm. strong four. Uh, it was Lindsay Clark who won it, Betty Sacasa, mm -hmm. there with her friend, mm -hmm. and Louis McLaughlin. So I was able to have a chat with him and I told him that we were both really excited when the vinyl popped through the door. Mm -hmm. that. But um, no, he's a, yeah, a he's nice a guy. Really nice guy. It's beautiful music. He's mm -hmm. done a kind of EP of acoustic versions of some of the songs on it, which is acoustic, yeah. acoustic ones, and yeah. uh, which is also worth checking out. He's a... Uh, yeah, he's one to watch out for. I think Lewis McLaughlin's going to be a big star. You know, whatever that means these days. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I mean mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They and should be. Anyway. Come to mm -hmm. talk about albums, you know, uh, this year and next year, then that will be one that people will mention. He certainly mm -hmm. uh, uh, was is well thought about in the Scottish music industry. So I've heard, I spoke to him for the radio show, the Karen mm -hmm. Scott radio show, and he was, he was great to, to chat to. He was also up for... Would it be a newcomer at the trads or, or what? He was up for something at the trads. Right, yeah, as well. yeah, 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 yeah. I watched, I watched that in the on the uh, BBC Alba. Oh, good, excellent. Aye. This is mm -hmm. award season, isn't it? Every night there's another like, yeah. night of the Sama Awards. It was also the Saltire Book Awards, and there was you know the Scottish Jazz Awards has just happened because Cara Rose and Kitty have, have won awards at that. Well deserved. Mm -hmm. But it is mm -hmm. that kind of time of year. Yeah, man. So my next one is a podcast discovered. It does seem to me that during lockdown, the podcast situation exploded and like everyone went, you know, we're talking to each other, a bit like we're doing now. Let's start recording it. And there are loads. In fact, last week, this week, no, last week, let's say, was the Scottish Podcast Collaboration Week where there was loads. It was organised by Don from the Scottish Murders Podcast, which you should check out. And loads of others. And if you go over to scotswahey.com, you can see my post and find out everyone that was involved. And they're all well worth your attention. Really mm -hmm. varied. You had the Scottish Wrestling Network. You had Mums, Murders and Mysteries. You mm -hmm. had a, a little pod of inspiration. You know, just a real wide range of stuff. But my favourite of the year, and one of my favourite things of the year, was discovering, and I'll hold this up on my phone so you might be able to see it, but it's the Culture Swally podcast. Oh, yeah, I, mm -hmm. I, I love this. It's so up my street. For, when I found it, I was like, oh, man, this is great. And actually, the first one I listened to was their chat on Restless Natives. You know, you and one of you and I's favorite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great mm -hmm. to hear yeah. people talking about it. But um, so how it works is it's Greg and Nikki who've known each other for a long time. One lives in Holland. One lives in, I think, Dubai. I'm sorry if I'm wrong about that. And they started this podcast because they were chatting to each other anyway. And the first three, I think they met, they knew each other in Aberdeen, Andy. I think that's right, because right. they talked about going to Drummond's and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But they would sit in there and just have a pint and talk about the funny stories in the paper and, you know, that mm. kind of thing. So the podcast is split into two. The first bit is news stories, very funny and often very rude. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, like a guy who was caught in the Edinburgh, oh, what's the thing where you, you can see? The whole of Edinburgh, it's near the camera, camera obscura, yeah, camera obscura. And he gets caught, no, really out to yeah, yeah. for a lark with his girlfriend, but didn't know yeah. that the group of school kids all looking in through a the, kind yeah, of the next room. Mirror. 
Yeah, yeah. Anyway, loads of stories like that, uh, and very, very funny. They're really good company. But then in the second half, they always pick a piece of media that they have enjoyed to talk about. The first one they did mm-hmm. was um, st- Still Game, but mm-hmm. the, the theatre version of Still Game, you know, which I saw first, mm-hmm. just fantastic. And that was great, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've covered things like Gregory's Girl and Just a Boy's Game, but also more unusual stuff like uh, the film version of Killer, the very first episode of Taggart, uh, which is called Killer. Uh, yes, I got mixed up there. The film version of Complicity and the very first episode of Taggart, which is called mm-hmm. Killer. Uh, Under the Skin, Naked Video, Bob Servant, and The Crow Road, going right up to the most recent one, which is, well, they did that sinking feeling, and then they've also done in collaboration with Mums, Mysteries and Murders, looking at Des, you know, this David Tennant played. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so they've had, I've still to listen to that. Anyway, mm-hmm. if you like that kind of thing, if you like basically the stuff that I do in Scotsway, you'll really mm-hmm. enjoy the culture swally because they're great, the culture swally because they're great company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um... There's loads of good, other good podcasts. There's also Snack Magazine, Do Everybody Wants to Play the Hits. Um... David from Broken Chanter has started mm-hmm. what doing, still doing the music, aye, which is what everyone asks. Him <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And How, uh, how's it going with the music? Yeah, um, and uh, lots more than that. Mm-hmm. But that, that certainly the culture swally was was my kind of podcast discovery of the year. Mm. I'm just trying to cast my mind if there's a, a podcast that I discovered this year. I kind of stick to my staple ones. Yeah. Although there's I, many, that's kind of what I'm yeah, saying, Andy. There yeah, are so many. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's, what's next for you? What is next for me? Oh, I don't have I don't have a visual prop, so I'll just that's talk about right. it. Um, for about just before lockdown, um, we had organised the a gig for Jenny Sturgeon, who had finished her Living Mountain uh-huh. album that year, the album based on Nan Shepherd's book, The Living Mountain. Yep. And uh, we had to postpone it, I think, tw- at least twice, maybe even three times. Anyway, this year we got to do it, and it was fantastic. Have you? Did you get a chance to see it at all, The Living Mountain? Yes, yes, I saw it at the Glad Cafe. Yeah, so I mean, she had the what. What was really special was um, uh, she seems to. Oh, I can listen to Jenny's voice all all, yeah. all the time because it's just Absolutely. an amazing, beautiful voice. But she's got her uh, for, for for just a bit nerdy, but they've got the loop pedals and various um, uh, volume pedals and things. So she's actually fleshing out the thing a, a little bit. So she's got her acoustic guitar. She's sort of trapping sounds. She's got a fruity box and um, different instruments. So it's so, so it's so it's sound. The sound itself is amazing, and she brought her own sound guy with her as well, and also visual projections, um, video projections of um, really lovely images. I can't think of another word. They were just really heartwarming. Uh, images of people walking in the hills i'm guessing by the look of it was 50s 60s maybe early 70s from the archive and um so early color cine sugly footage of people just really enjoying sort of fording rivers and 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 
you know, sort of just rollicking in the hills for want of a better word. But it was, it's such a, you just came away really, really um, just with feeling good about the whole thing. It was, it was a lovely, lovely evening. Um, and we had quite a good audience, but sorry, we, we, we put it in Braemar in the village hall across the road from my gallery, shameless plug. Um, and uh, it was great. Yeah, it was really fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. That whole project has just been fantastic. Um, you know, right mm-hmm. from the beginning, we I spoke to Jenny on the podcast uh, earlier, but it's managed to have legs and keep on going and keep, you know, mm-hmm. evolving as well as it has done. Um, and what's the story with Jenny as guitar and Bremar? There's a link there, isn't there? Oh, yeah, the guitar she used. That was, I had forgotten all about that, Ali. Um, the the guitar, which is a Tarim guitar made by a very very talented uh, luthier, who is based in Fife, uh, and uh, Rory Dowling, um, which is a great name for a someone who works with wood. Anyway, Rory Dowling makes Tarim guitars, and they're just some of the best guitars that I've ever seen, both both aesthetically and they sound amazing. Um, anyway. Jenny wanted a guitar made from wood from around Braemar and uh, we we had a scratch of our heads, collective heads, and um, we got some wood from the Fife Arms, the old, the old wine cellar in the Fife Arms that was being thrown away. So the old uh, wine cellar shelves were used for the back of the guitar. And if you look inside the guitar, you can still see the wine rings and where the bottles had been sitting on the shelves inside the guitar. Uh, and you can see little... Um, sort of nail you know there's little nail holes and things he's, he's left all that on the back of the guitar front of the guitar is obviously a nice piece of spruce or something but um yeah so and she let everyone look at it and look inside it and you know it's, I'd be, i wouldn't let anyone touch it to be honest but uh, yeah, you'd be like that. Of, don't, don't even look at that one yeah, no, don't, 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 don't still get the tag on <laughs> yeah exactly that'd be ringing out you could go for a bite <coughs> i'm going yeah. to I'm going to change my order around then because this next one right. actually yeah. marries uh, in kind of, it's Mango Lassie's Cycles EP. I'm holding it up again to the camera. That's the cover. Yeah. I think yeah. it's, it's only available digitally, but wow, you should get it. So these songs, it's a four song EP. Uh-huh. These songs were getting released, you know, throughout the year, maybe even beginning of last year or in last mm-hmm. year. And they, they link to the seasons you know, and a, they're called Coconut Oil, The Otter and the Kestrel, Mama and Bonnie Heather. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, they, made, they would sound great on their own. There's lots of outdoor recording and, you know, sounds in nature and all that kind of stuff. And some of them are quite, you know, we're talking tracks that are a 7 minutes 40, 7 minutes 17, you know, which allows them to breathe. But when I first heard them, I didn't realise this was part of a bigger project where... Uh, Mango Lassie, um, Amy Bowman is her name, was basically cycling around the highlands and around Mull, around the other islands, filming it all, collecting hours, thousands of hours of footage, or maybe that's wrong, but anyway, hours and hours of footage, which then came as the video versions of the songs. And I saw her launch the EP at the Glad Cafe in Glasgow, which is very near me, um, and which is doing some great stuff at the moment. And they had the video, and um, she had special guests coming on, such as Zoe Bastel uh, come on to sing as well. Uh, 
Oh, it's just a wonderful night and a wonderful. They make, as I say, they're great individually, but together it transforms into something else, something similar along the lines of the Living Mountain, because you have this visual aspect, you have this theme that runs through it. This are kind of a almost like um, a yeah a, a proper theme that runs through the whole thing, and it's about nature but it's also about the nature of um relationships and how they change and all sorts of things it's absolutely beautiful it's called cycles it's by mango lassie and a although uh, it's an ep but it's my release of the year i just think it's wonderful mm -hmm. and it, it became that by seeing the whole thing by seeing it done with live music and uh, the video footage and the explanation behind each track and all of those things so if you get the chance to uh see it or listen to it don't miss out it's what i'm enjoying about a lot of um new work is that it's always occurred to me if you're making work about that's inspired by the landscape or it's in, you know it's it's about the landscape or whatever why wouldn't you include field recordings because and it's getting easier and easier and cheaper to get the equipment to go in. and why wouldn't you incorporate it in the work um and it's nice that things that you know, like the song exists in a in a landscape almost, you know, or whatever yeah. the music. Yeah, I like that. That appeals to me. That is happening a lot more. I've just discovered a Glasgow-based artist called Daydream, mm -hmm. who does kind of the dream pop you were talking about earlier on, very mm -hmm. much along those lines. I'll send you a link. But one of mm -hmm. her tracks, it it fades out into bird song and you know water and a bit of rain and all that stuff, and it's just it's beautiful to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Andy, your next one yourself. Okay, right. You might have to help me with the pronunciation here, Ali, because this is my uh, album. Andrew Vaslick, and it's right. Val yeah, Balgay Hill. What's the full title? Morning in Magnolia. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful album. So this is on a label called Clay Pipe, and it's one of my... I've been following Clay Pipe, I think, since almost the start of it. And uh, what attracted me, it's just, it's just amazing packaging i know you shouldn't but i think you can sometimes judge something by its cover his new um, album is also out with them and it's another yes. beautiful, beautiful yeah album. it's got a ship ship in a bottle sort yeah. of thing yeah yeah but i mean it's it's basically is is all curated um and packaged beautifully a bit like i was a big follower of ghost box mm -hmm. uh records and uh, clay pipe and what was the other one there's another one i like Anyway, this is fantastic. It was written during the uh, lockdown mm -hmm. and uh, everything was on hold. And uh, this was based on morning walks through uh, through the park in Dundee, which is, I think it's the park with the big bandstand in it. If, I, I don't really know Dundee brilliantly, but that's, that's um, so this is uh, based, this whole record's, again, field recordings. I think there's a bit of that in this, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure. Um, yeah. Um, Sometimes you're listening to it and you don't realise, but that's what I like about it. You don't realise that some of the sounds are outside or inside. And that, that goes right back to the very first ambient music. You know, sort of, you know, is it, where's the edge to the music? Where's the, where's the edge and where does the outside sound begin? So that's what I like about this. But um, it just really appealed to me uh, making, making, it just goes to show you, even if you're locked right. In fact, some people come out with the best work, I think, during lockdown because they suddenly the small things became, you know, the, the, the things that really regulated, you know, regulated life, like going for a walk yeah. or, you know, just taking time to appreciate a park 
or something, you know, which we all got, you know, kind of busy, too busy to do sometimes. I've been a, a, a fan of Andrew for a long time and, and uh, I've seen him live a few times and he's one of the, he can do it with a big full band and he can do it just him on a keyboard, you know, uh, and I was talking to someone about this quite recently and saying that album and all his music, it's not ambient music that you put on in the background and go on no. and do the dishes. Mm. The man's to be listened to. You know, yeah, it's absolutely yeah. music that's to be sat down, maybe a pair of headphones and just lose yeah. yourself. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. It's like that. It's, it's um, travelling without moving type stuff. Um, what I was trying to remember when I was speaking to you was the name um, Frances Castle. It's her, I believe it's her record company. She does all the right. artwork. And the curation, and it's just a really love. It's it's one of those record companies you go, oh, I've got to, I've got to get the next one because yeah. they're just so beautiful as 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 uh, objects. I mean, you obviously get the download code, so that goes straight on the phone. But it's just a lovely. Uh... Often um, musicians, yeah, often musicians uh, find the right home. Mm -hmm. And I would say that Andrew Vaslick has found the right home. Yeah, yeah I would say so too. Oh. Ali, uh, Ali Thingney did uh, one on here. Ali Roberts. Roberts. Yeah, he did one with, um, it? it's called Plaintive Lapwing. That's right. Uh, and it's a beautiful record. Okay. Yeah. So that was me just um, a play pipe music and everything they do. You should all buy it. My next one is a TV show which is still on iPlayer if people want to watch it on uh, the BBC Scotland channel on iPlayer. And it's Being Mum with MND. Again, I'll put hold that up. And it's a really beautiful piece of telly, but face up front, it's made by, it was directed by a good friend of mine, Jenny Scammell. And I was so delighted for her because it was a fraught production, what with everything going on. You know, it started before uh, COVID and lockdown. And then, of course, it was all the difficulties with dealing with someone who obviously is with MND is in the vulnerable category, absolutely. But the, it, it's basically about um, the, the, a young woman who has MND, but is determined to live her life as fully as she can. She gets married, she has kids. She's now got two kids, by the way. And, you know, no one thought that this was gonna happen. It's an absolute triumph of kind of strength of will and belief over all the odds. I mean, really over all the odds, you know. Did you watch it? Did you manage to see it? Kirsty, my wife, my wife, she yep. uh, she watched it. She was tears and snorters, I think. Was, it really is a tears and snorters watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she was, yeah, I, I haven't seen it yet, but she said she was just, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was excellent, but, um, it, you know, tough going managed, too. Jenny mm. managed to capture the strength not just uh, of, of of the mum, and I'm going to get the name because that's really rude not to be doing that, isn't it? Uh, Lucy, of course it is. The strength of Lucy Lin Lintot is her name. Uh, not just her, which you see right from the beginning when she's doing charity work and when she's going to the gym and all these things. Mm -hmm. Uh, but also her strength with the relationship of her husband they met at school, a kind of childhood mm. sweetheart, a fantastic mm. relationship, really uplifting, but also um, her belief that she was going to have the things that other people had, and that included a marriage, included kids, 
and all of those things. Um, a, a remarkable story. And as I say, Jenny managed to capture not just the vulnerability of the situation, but also the strength of the situation. And I think mm. her relationship with both of them really kind of makes the film. Um, so yeah, I am a, a promoting a, a pal's work. And actually, mm -hmm. if I can promote another pal's work, my good uh -huh. friend Peter Mackie Burns is doing the TV adaptation of Andrew O'Hagan's Mayflies, which is coming out soon, which mm -hmm. is terrific to know. But um, it was a great bit of telly, uh, um, Mum with MND, uh, being Mum with MND. And as I say, it's on iPlayer still. So you should go and check it out. But take the hankies, because as Andy said, it is tears and snotters material. Lovely. Next for yourself. Right. Okay. When we were when we had a wee uh, pre podcast chat a couple of weeks ago, we talked about things that we might talk about, and and I we'd brought a new uh, painter into the gallery uh, yes. at the start of the year, and uh, a new painter to the gallery. But I'd known him since um, art school days, and um, Jonathan Shearer was. A couple of years older, I think, or certainly was a couple of years further ahead at the art school, and um, studied painting. Obviously, well, not not obviously, but he did. And uh, I saw his work recently, and it just really excited me. Uh, it, 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 he paints on plein air, which I believe is French for outside. Right. <laughs> so he play, he paints on plein air, um, and. Uh, so he takes all this stuff with him and he 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 is the real deal he actually takes all the canvases all the paints he's got boxes that they'll slide into uh, you know and a lot of people uh, are quite studio based these days and uh, um it's great to see somebody going out takes the tent you know goes out for a few days paints for a few days out in the sticks and uh, the the result is these uh, very very um almost moving paintings he paints in very very heavy thick impasto paint that almost some of the thickest paint i've seen you know like Fra frank urbach or something like that you know so when you say uh, moving they appear to be actually yeah yeah they, they almost physically so if you're painting something like a burning spate or or um the coastal you know waves waves breaking um it always amazes me that people can paint that because you know how how do you you know, it's a, it's a, it's a moment in time. It's moving. You know, so he does it very well. It's very hard to describe on a, on on, on an audio uh, yeah, sure. thing because I've I've nothing to show you. But if 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 you look up um, Jonathan Shearer, uh, and uh, he teaches on plan air as well. He 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 gets booked up quite quickly for for teaching these things. But we we had a show with him in uh, April, mm -hmm. and it was a fantastically well received show. And we've with, with, I'm just so delighted to have him uh, selling uh, in the gallery because his stuff's just incredible and it, it excites me and uh, and that's what it's all about really yeah. right. what you're talking about reminds me of an artist called James Morrison who's a landscape yeah. artist mm -hmm. an older mm -hmm. guy and I talked to yeah. um, someone who has made, who, who did make a film about him the filmmaker mm -hmm. Ant Baxter and it was very near his end of life and he'd had to he, he would paint out on the coast you yeah. know, and, and do that kind of thing. But then eventually, through ill health and age, he had to come and do it. In yeah. the, uh, he was kind of bemoaning the fact that he really wanted to get out there and, you know, have the the the, the seawater splashing his face as he was mm -hmm. you know, working on a canvas, that kind of thing. That's what's quite cool. You know, sometimes there'll be the odd 
bit of grass or sand or something on on the canvas just from what he's been doing but also uh, he takes photographs when he's out and got this amazing uh, photograph of him using a snowbank as to hold his brushes you know he's got all these brushes just rammed into the snow as as like you know uh it's just it's a very uh it's very interesting photo and it makes me smile so there we go my next choice was i've already said elsewhere it's my book of the year it's ryan o'connor's debut novel the voids oh, set in glasgow um very much kind of in the here and now and it's the kind of people and places that are very rarely uh, you know, people might think oh it's um it's got drink and drugs and it's set in glasgow i've read that before but you really haven't because it's so it. judgmental it's not mm. about oh look at these terrible things oh isn't it life or or celebrating violence or celebrate it's just mm -hmm. this is how some people's lives are and the central mm -hmm. character in this book this is how his life is and it's about going into the kind of pubs that people might walk by in the daytime and uh, um you know going to places that you're kind of other people might not know even exist and you know going on three or four or more day benders and the kind of come downs that happen off that of finding yourself on a grass verge and you think how the hell did i get here now I could, you know, I was, yeah, exactly. Ah, that's throw, throw a rock in there and hit someone guilty. Mm. It's not just that, it's just, it was Andy, that's why it kind of struck such a chord with me. It was like that, wow. I've either mm -hmm. been there or been very close to being there, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It made me love it all the more, you know. Uh, I think you did a podcast with him, didn't I you? I did, I did. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I remember that, you know, and, and, and the description of these, uh, these sort of pubs with the the curtain, you know, the brass pole along the windows and the curtain, so nobody could see in or out. And yeah, yeah. I often walk been. by pubs now. Some of the ones I used to go drinking in, and they've got mm. huge glass things where everyone can see what's going on. Think, mm -hmm. I don't really mm. want that. You, do, you, no. want to be, you know, this is my private time. This is my private space. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. The Apple Arms, for instance, is like that now, uh, and I think, no, you you mm -hmm. go there, we're going to hide away. But that idea, there's a. Um, yeah, that idea that you go in and you're maybe the first person in, but there's characters that sit in the same place every time and you mm -hmm. might have a conversation with them if the drink flows. You may never mm -hmm. have a conversation with them, but you kind mm -hmm. of clock each other and you know each mm -hmm. other. Uh, That's right. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a great read. And for, for I those, think I'd like that. So what's that, The Voids? The Voids by Ryan mm -hmm. O'Connor. It's also, mm -hmm. I mean, it's darkly, darkly funny, but it is funny. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. there is a bit where he wakes on a, on a verge or he's going to a, a funeral and he's on the bus, but he falls asleep on the bus and it ends up going back to the terminal originally. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's missed the whole thing. That kind of story mm -hmm. is going on. And then there's a story where he's in a flat in the West End of Glasgow and, you know, he just feels something isn't right. And I think, well, I certainly have been in times where I've been in places and I go, how the hell did I get here? I shouldn't mm -hmm. be here. You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. so Mm, absolutely. I have to say, this was a long, long time ago. No, but, I know, uh, but I, I, re well, I recognise the life in it, and I really like the way he's mm. written about it. So, uh, yeah, I, I just love it. Absolutely love it. And I was really pleased to be able to do his Edinburgh launch. I was chairing his Edinburgh launch, and it was great to talk to him uh, about the book further as well. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that podcast you did with him. Ah, he was great. Great to chat to. Really good. To yeah. Chat. What's next for yourself? Uh, I've got 
Adam Ross, Staring at Mountains. Ah, oh, lovely album. Lovely album. Really lovely album and um, lovely chat. And, and again, uh, nature yeah. kind of feeding into it. Well, 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 enough, here's the thing. Uh, Jenny Sturgeon's vocals are on this as well. Because I was listening to it and I was like, that's definitely Jenny, you know, and, and, and right enough. So, you know, while she was off doing um, the, the Living Mountain, this uh, Staring at Mountains, this, it seems to be a kind of reflection on, you know, being outside and being outdoors. And um, I really liked it. I saw him do some of it live as well. Um, he came up and did a live gig, which yeah. I think actually, yeah. Um, yeah, have you, you've, you must have this. I do. And what yeah, I would like yeah. to say is, can you read the name of the artist who's done the cover? Oh, yeah, because you've got one of his, uh, or his or her. It's his. Ooh, got my wrong glasses on. Uh, <laughs> hang on. What it is to have young eyes. Um, if you're listening uh, to this on the audio version, there's some very funny squinting going on here. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I can try. Artworks by Brian McHeary. That's it. McHeary. That's it. Uh, yeah. And he also did the BMX Bandits album cover. That's and right, I yes. His, I absolutely love his stuff, and I've got a Billy yeah. Conley uh, print that he's done, and I think I might get another one. He's done a fantastic one with Muhammad Ali and, and Robbie Burns together, which mm -hmm. I, I really quite fancy, but he's a great artist, and uh, it's a great album. You're right, it's a fantastic uh, album. It's a lovely album. Um, again, Adam really Ross well. Adam one of my favourite singer-songwriters because he plays the music beautifully, but he, his songs are just magnificent. His lyrics... You know, they're funny, they're heartbreaking, they're, they're genuinely mm. funny. You know, people say, oh, yeah, there's funny lyrics, and you go, oh, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. But it can be genuinely funny and really moving and uh, everything in between. And he's got a great right-hand banjo role. Ah, there you go. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's yeah. not one of those. Yes, indeed. Um, next, I was going to, this is a very general kind of, Thing, but just that you mentioned Adam coming up and playing in Bremar, just the, mm -hmm. return, the return of live gigs and how the brilliant mm -hmm. that has been that mm -hmm. live music is back. Now, I'm very lucky. Uh, I've been associated with Glasgow and the Glad Cafe is literally five, ten minutes away from me. And they've been putting on some amazing music. Uh, so I've been, been able to wander up and go and see. For instance, just recently I spoke about Mango Lassie. I saw Man of the Mensch and Carla J. Easton. Saw Zoe Bastel's uh, EP launch. Uh, Modern lovely, Studies lovely played. voice, yeah. Yeah, Modern mm -hmm. Studies played there recently. And mm -hmm. on and on. And so, so many more. Um, but also, I've been to see Angus Monroe play The Flying Duck. And if you don't know Angus Monroe, go and check his stuff up. And uh, yeah, just getting out to live gigs again. I was a bit trepidatious to begin with. Mm -hmm. But now I think, oh, what the hell? You know, let's go yeah. and enjoy music being played by people who enjoy playing it together. And you've had a lot in Braemar. I mean, there's been a lot back up there. That, that that was actually one of my topics here, which is kind of spilt on over into the Adam Ross thing, because Adam came up and played as well with uh, Mount Doubt, and they, they did a set each. Of course, yeah, Leo was up there. Le Leo did, a lovely chap as well. Um, mm. just, just great, great, lovely people to spend time with. And uh, Adam played a set, and uh, Leo played a set, and then they did um, "It's a Sad and Beautiful World" by Sparkle Horse. 
All right. Oh, wow. God. And then, oh, oh God. no, I couldn't. I thought I was, I'm not going to get through this. So there's a many a tear was shed. So it was it was just lovely. It was absolutely quite special. Yeah. And they just made, they just jammed it in the night a couple of times through in the in the green room and then went out and did it. And it was it was really special. Yeah. I think that's the most best thing is to see people who love making music and doing it again together and just the joy that they have in doing it. Like mm -hmm. for instance, Carla Jason set at the Glad Cafe. That was to launch Weirdo, which was an album that came out in lockdown. It's a great album, but she couldn't mm -hmm. launch it. Pedro Cameron's Man of the Minch, his album mm -hmm. came out locked out, but they couldn't launch it. So they had this joint launch, and there was such an energy from the stage mm -hmm. from playing these mm -hmm. songs live, perhaps some of them for the first time. And and yeah, it was it was heartfelt and, and just a bit wonderful. She's got such a strong ear for pop songs, you know. Oh, she just yeah. I mean, just like monster pop it's songs. Just like she lives and breathes. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. another a uh, a project at the moment is poster paints. Um, a and that's again huge pop hooks and all of those mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. just amazing. Yeah, so that again that that. I think that was my first one after lockdown. Maybe Jenny was, I can't remember, but it it was that funny way where we took a bigger hall so that people could mm. space out. And, and, and it, I, yeah, I was a bit, it was strange, isn't it? You know, after two years, you're a bit like, well, I don't know about this, but it was yeah. great to get back to it. But it wasn't the rush back to live music that everyone expected. No, no absolutely know? not. Because no. I went to see... Uh... Oh, Strange Blue Dreams do an album launch yes. at, at St. Luke's, um, mm -hmm. a, which was a great night. But then after that, I'm still, I'm still not so sure. But I think it was going to see Angus Monroe and the Flying Duck. It was mm -hmm. such a strong night. I went, oh, no, I need to go out much, much more. Sod the consequences, as they say. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. a famous last words as I then come yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right, is it me? Well, we're going to call that Adam Ross live gigs. But well, I call that as that was two things, but we'll call that one thing. Yeah, okay, so it's you. Yeah. So. Okay, mm. right. And I think you'll love this book. Absolutely love it. And a uh, yeah, maybe Santa has it in his stocking. Who knows? Jude Rogers, the sound of being human. Now, Jude Rogers. I was going to ask, yeah, I was, yeah, I was going to ask you about that, but yeah, yeah. go ahead. So Jude Rogers, I know as a music journalist who wrote for various publications. For me. The work she did with the much lamented uh, Word magazine, which I love the Word magazine, and uh, still can't believe it's no longer with us. She was one of the main writers on that, and she does that thing of making you not just want to listen to it, but find out why she want why she's so fallen in love with it. You know, it's not just saying um, the Nicola Mahan when she used to write for the List did the same thing. Um, some of my favourite writers in The Melody Maker, Chris Roberts, for instance, did that thing. And it's how I like to think I write. It's like, if I don't like something, I won't write about it. If I think there's errors, I think, or, or problems, then I'll probably find a way of doing it positively. But there should be a positivity and a kind of celebration about what people are doing and the music that's made and the music that changes our lives. And that's what this is all about. And it's a mixture between... a music memoir about the records that mean a lot to Jude throughout her life, but also looking at the kind of, you know, there's the e, um, David Byrne book, How Music Works? Yes. 
Yes, mm -hmm. I, I, that kind of so that kind of thing where I think, well, why does that mean so much to me at that particular time? What's going on in the song, in the music that makes this personal? So it's a lovely kind of mix between the science and that makes it sound really dry. I don't mean now here's the science, mm -hmm. bit, but you know, the science and the personal, that kind of thing. Think and, of a number. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's set out like a, a, a proper album should be. It's two sides. There's a track listing. Mm-hmm. And a, it's heartbreaking at the beginning because she loves listening to pop. The thing that bonds her and her dad is listening to pop music on the radio. You know, that's their big thing, their big bonding thing. He goes in for apparently minor operation and basically never comes out. And that, you know, and it's it's brutal beginning. But the music, that connection that they made, even at that early age, stays mm -hmm. with her right throughout her life and probably is the reason she does what she does now and just a few of the tracks on it because I think you'll enjoy them because just listening to these things Super Trooper Abba Only mm. You the Flying Pickets Prince Charming Adam and the Ants and you mm. certainly appreciate that Buffalo Stance Nina Cherry Drive R.E.M. Um, I, I won't give away them all because I'd probably be but there's Talk Talk in there there's some Prefab Sprout there's some Kraftwerk mm. you know it's beautifully picked as well obviously every one of us would pick different songs maybe not Entirely different songs. Mm -hmm. Bush mentioned too. Um, so it's all uh, it's all killer. It's all killer, and mm -hmm. it's, it's it's another one which probably will bring a bit of tears and snotters, but for all the best reasons, it's absolutely mm -hmm. beautiful. Um, it's called Jude Rogers, the sound mm -hmm. of human, and it's certainly my non-fiction book of the year. Uh, yeah, nice one. Our music shapes our lives, and it really does. Right, Andy. Next for yourself. Right, uh, I've got no visual aid here. So, um, at Halloween this year, as we're putting on, starting to put on gigs again in in Braemar, um, Graham Stephen got in touch, ah. um, and he has a a show for the Nosferatu film, which is a, a film. Is it thirties, Alan? I think it's nineteen thirties. It might even be before that, Andy. I would have uh -huh. to. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of. Uh -huh. One of the earliest um, Dracula-based films. It's certainly, and, I think it's the first Dracula-based, or vampire-based films, put it that way. Mm -hmm. 1922, Andy. It's on the way. Right, okay. So um, it's obviously a silent film before talkies, and um, uh, and because of the way it's shot, I mean, obviously, it's probably everyone's seen it. I hadn't seen it all the way through. I'd seen all the stills and all yeah. the, you know, all the, all, all the sort of... Uh, you, you know, when he appears with his long fingernails, etc. But, um, so, sorry, I'll gather my thoughts. Um, Graham was coming up to play, he's written a score on guitar and he plays his guitars through the effects pedals and he's created a whole score for the whole film. So we put it on over at Braemar Village Hall. Yeah. And it was kind of quietish night, but it was great because I love Halloween anyway. And we thought, let's do it near about Halloween. So um, we set up the hall, got really good projector over there, blah, 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 got it on. And I was just blown away by, I've never, this is super nerdy, but I've never seen anyone use a delay pedal to that just so expertly. You know, he was having it. I don't know if you've, ever, you've, you've seen it, haven't you? I have, I was lucky to see it. Yeah. Um, before, before lockdown kicked in. Uh, but yeah, you know, so, wonderful. So, so, if, so if you're near, 
you can see it's got the the the, um, the delay pedal, the big green one, Line Six DL Four, and it's got reverse, and it's got you know you can loop on it, and you can reverse things. And by the time he's finished, he had an even tide H Nine as well, which is a pedal that is very powerful. But by the time it felt like a whole, whole score, like almost like an orchestra at one point, because we spread the sound, we split the we I mic'd his, amplif his amplifier up and we split it in the room so we had, you know, sort of stereo and his amp and it, it filled the room really nice. But um, yeah, it sounded like a whole orchestra was playing at one point, you know, and everyone that spoke to me afterwards saying, oh, it was great. I loved his backing tracks. <laughs> he didn't have any backing tracks. That was all on the fly. That was as it was coming out of his guitar. He would He would trap parts of the guitar part obviously practice it to buggery because if you do it wrong you, you repeat you repeat your mistake over and over and over you know if you play a bum note it just gets repeated or it's a bit like you know uh you know some of these guys have the looper pedals now and if you if you get it wrong yeah you, it's very obvious but he i'd never seen anyone do this to such a great extent because he's down down on the floor moving the pedals moving the settings as he's playing and then he has an octave pedal that turns the guitar, essentially turns the guitar into a bass for a while. He'll lay down a bass track, come back up, and he's up and down, up and down. And uh, it was just amazing to watch. Just I could have just watched him, you know, for the guitar nerds. It could You could watch the pedal action and be quite happy. I was happy. Gonna say, did you see any of the film? I mean, everyone else <laughs> was and you're watching the pedals going, oh. <laughs> I was watching the, the tap dancing. But it was... It was just astonishing. But on top of all that technical stuff, the, the music fitted the film so brilliantly. You know, he had it he had it right down, you know, to 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 to, to the as a score should be, obviously, you know, but um no, it was a fab night. It really was. And at the end of it, people were coming up to me saying, That was absolutely amazing. Imagine seeing that, you know, imagine seeing that Braymar on a damp Tuesday or whenever it was, you know. And uh, you know, and it, it kind of because I was getting a bit reluctant to put shows on, you know, because sometimes you don't, you know, you have a few ones where it's quiet and yeah. yada yada, and you think, what's the point, you know? And but you know, when you get a response like that, and people go, oh, it was really, really special. It was really amazing to be here and see that under these circumstances, you know, it was, it was really worthwhile. So I would anyway, have that was seeing that in in Braemar with the all you know spookiness of place coming out into the dark. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think probably most people are like you. They haven't seen the whole film. They've seen the kind of stills or they know the, the mm. famous kind of uh, uh, yeah. look mm. of the guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but when, I, as I say, I saw it as well. And it's a brilliant marriage. He gets the soundtrack absolutely right and adds yeah. to this creepy, weird 1960s <laughs> film. such a weird film. Because of the, because of the technology involved in, in that, Era, I suppose you're you're sort of overacting, you're overly made up, you know. So it's yeah. basically uh, overexposed with just black eyes and stuff. So it looked really, really ooky, you know. Yeah. Just while I remember, there is a cracking film which came out. A uh, I was going to say, when did it come out? Two thousands, two thousand and one. It's called Shadow of the Vampire, and it's it's a fictionalized. Um, Take take on the making of that film. So if you enjoyed Nosferatu, she'd mm. watch Willem Dafoe's in it. I think he plays the Max Shrek character. It's and it's worth checking out. It's very very good. 
it's great. I mean, I, I will I'll watch it again because I just really enjoyed it. But with that score, I mean, like I say, I could have taken the score on its own, but just the whole atmosphere was, was great. Well, talking of films, my next choice is a film called Ride the Wave. I think it might, I'm showing again, showing on my phone. I think it may have come out actually uh, last year, but it came, became into cinemas this year, I think. It's filmed by Martin Robertson, and it's about a young Scottish uh, surfboard guy, you know, and his family. And it's, it's so he's going to, at young age, like 14, 15, 16, he's going to these big competitions and doing really well. And his dad accompanies him and his mum. And it's, it's really about family and how that balance between having ambition for your kid, but wanting to look after them. And it's never so, you know, this isn't someone who wants to play football. You know, mm. you say, well, we'll let him go out and play, but then he should get an education as well and all that stuff. This is someone who's riding some of the biggest waves around. And, you know, there's, there's natural kind of tendency to go, should we really be letting them do this? Then mm. the talent's there. So, well, just do you let the talent, um, you know, just go? And it's it's very, it's straight, not straightforward. That's the wrong word, because it's beautifully shot, particularly mm -hmm. after, say, the stuff in the Highlands, and on the islands of uh, Scotland and the, the surfing that goes on up north. But a... Uh, it's kind of simple in that he talks to, you know, he points the camera and lets the the, the main protagonist talk about things. And uh, um, yeah, it really kind of, it's quite a moving film because you think of your own family and, uh, the, you know, the things that, you, you know, do you let someone just do what they want to do or do you uh, hold them back and think, oh, well, be careful what might happen. We don't know what might happen. Mm -hmm. um, no, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's it's I think it's particularly a, a good a film to watch a at the moment because there's lots of sudden, you know, kind of a sun drenched beaches and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And why I was messing around there, I was just checking it did come. <laughs> it was out this year. I think it did come out last year. And but right, uh, okay. you can get it. You can certainly get it on uh, a, online now and, and check it out. Mm. I also want to say that the music for it is by Scott Twynham, whose music I absolutely love. Scott Twynham mm. was in Looper, uh, the band going back again, who came out of Bell and well, part of, came out of uh, Bell and Sebastian, a kind of spin-off band, but mm. now does kind of big soundtrack and very gentle piano pieces, and his music is absolutely beautiful. I love Scott's music, mm. and it works so well on the soundtrack to uh, Ride the Wave. So, uh, yeah, if you're looking for a, a movie suggestion over Christmas, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. cool. you should check out the music of Scott Twynham because Andy... Yeah, yeah. Scott Twynham. Mm. I will, I will. Okay. Yeah. Okay, is this your last one? Uh, yeah, it could be. No, it doesn't have to be. It's there or thereabouts. No, no, I, I think this has been your ninth because I started so fair. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. It's 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 um, going back to live music again because most of my things have been live live music this year. Um, so session A nine came to Braemar. Now I've seen them before, but I, I don't have myself down as a Scottish fiddle fan. However, having been in the Highlands for twenty years now, I've been exposed to quite a lot of Scottish fiddle music, and 
you know, you start to go, oh, you know, and you can, it's, it's a bit like, you know, when you first start listening to jazz or something like back yeah, in the yeah. day, you couldn't, you couldn't really, it's too much, you know, it's like, well, what is, you know, what kind of jazz do you like? You know, it's a bit like that I found with this, this like what, you know. What's thing. good and what's not to that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And then the things that you like, you just go to lots of it anyway. So you find out I'm, 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 I'm in that kind of, I'm, I'm in that atmosphere a lot. And uh, session A9, I just, you know, so you've got Charlie McCarran, uh, Gordon Gunn, uh, Kevin Henderson and Adam Sutherland all on fiddle. And then you've got um, pianist Brian McAlpine and David Robertson on drums. And then a guitarist, Mark Clement. And I saw this in uh, St. Margaret's in, uh, in Braemar. I do, I do leave Braemar occasionally, but um, why, why bother uh, when all this stuff is coming here, you know? But uh, it was a phenomenal night. It just absolutely unbelievable amount of talent on one stage. You know, they were they were just all at the top of their game and um, all amazing, amazing players. And to see that up close, you know, like literally, you know, sort of, I could have hit them with my popcorn. You know, um, it was it was it was amazing. And also to see a a drummer uh, as a as an old drummer myself, to see a drummer just play one drum, but as an instrument that had so many sounds and controlled the whole thing, you know, he controlled the whole thing with one drum and playing it with, with sometimes with very, very, very light sticks or sometimes with, uh, he even had like a string of shells at one point, you know, it was amazing. It was amazing to watch. Uh, it's just incredible. Um, yeah, it's more of an experience. I would I would recommend anyone to go and see Session A nine if they're ever Session playing because A9. Session A nine because I don't think they get together that often. Right, I've never uh, heard of them. So yeah, right, well, it's 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 termed as a Scottish supergroup, uh, the best band to come out of Scotland in a hundred years. Blah blah. Yeah. But you know these are these are the taglines. But I, I think if you know your 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 Scottish music, all these names are huge names. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm showing but showing my ignorance in this area but uh, it's a bit like uh, I know what I like and I like I really enjoyed that it was one of those nights you just uh, you wanted to see they got standing ovation you know so yeah it's all good okay so my final choice now you know of course but many, many people listen probably won't know is that in a past life, life I was a chef I'd chef for many years in fact sometimes I still think of myself that way you know the first thing that you do as a in a place of work kind of sticks with you. So I do love my cookbooks. And mm -hmm. one that came out this year was Gary McLean's Scottish Kitchen. And it's mm -hmm. a fabulous cookbook. Now, Gary McLean won MasterChef The Professionals a few years ago. He is Scotland's national chef. So he knows what he's talking about. But there's recipes in here that I have never seen in other cookbooks. Things such as um, how to make your own scotch pie, how to make your own square sausage, uh, how to make your own black pudding from scratch, you know, uh, how to make your own morning roll, you know, instead of just going and stealing them from a cafe in the morning. Uh, uh, a fired one. A well-fired one. Well-fired. I mean, there's also you know, the game and fish and, and, you know, all the kind of things that you might expect. And there's fine dining stuff here as well. But Haggis Pithivers, there's a whole chapter on Haggis, mm. which is brilliant. Mm. Um, I, lo I love the fact that they have a, a, a morning roll because 
it's something that varies as you move around the country, you know. That's... And you go, this is not, this is not good. Yeah. You know, yeah. if, it depends where you've been brought up, you know, but you That's go right. somewhere and they go and they give you some horrendous bat and uh, it's not what I want. And he admits that himself. It's also mm -hmm. got things like Dundee cake, uh, black bun, which I think, you know, was only ever in the dandy or the beano, I think. That had <laughs> tablets, yeah, lot, just Glasgow macaroon. I, if you like cooking, this, it's not just Scottish Kitchen, it's one of the best Scottish cookbooks I've ever read. And uh, it, it, if you're looking for a Christmas present suggestion, everyone out there, for the food person in your life, then Gary McLean's Scottish Kitchen is absolutely perfect. Mm. I've, Tablet, tablet's another one that varies. It varies from street to street, from house to house, Andy. <laughs> you get practically white tablet, and then you get the burnt, the hard tablet. Take your teeth out. Uh, everything in between. Yeah. Mm. So, let to round things off, what would you like mm -hmm. to do about? Oh, I, my final thing would be... Um, let me just get my thing here. Uh, we had Elizabeth Rousseau up to play. And that, as always, was just really magical. Um, she brings Graham uh, to play on guitar, Graham Stephen. And so he creates, he does his things with a, with a looper pedal, etc. as I've just already talked about. And um, she, the last time I saw her, she was singing through sort of a lot of reverb pedals and things like that. I think she's, she still does it. She's still got the looper and all that, and she harmonises with, with herself, but in such a... I've never seen anyone do it in such a sympathetic way and in such an instinctive way. You know, you sometimes you look at her and you say, is she actually making that noise? You know, because she's not got her <laughs> yeah, mouth... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. she's not got her mouth open at all. There's just this noise coming from... You know, it's... Uh, it's like that uh, Rob Brydon man in the small box sort of thing, you know. It's like you, you don't, you think, where's that sound coming from, you know? It was astonishing to watch and listen to, and she's lovely to deal with. And uh, a, yeah, brilliant, yeah. brilliant musician and such a lovely mm -hmm. person. We had, yeah. her, had her on the, the radio show to chat about the new album, which is While I Sit and Watch This Tree, Volume Two. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, you've had Elizabeth up a few times over the years, and it's always mm. really special, isn't it, to see her live, as you say, with Graham, a company, yeah. Uh, and yeah. To me, that's just such a treat. You know, it's almost like, um, uh, uh, you know, I would organise that and then, you know, hope hope that other people would come along and watch it because it, it's just yeah. astonishing. <laughs> it's just you and me sitting on a couple of chairs. Well, it just hopefully get some people to subsidise that, but, you know, um, it, it is, it's just such a magical evening and the sounds that they create and it's so um, not of this earth, you know, it's, it's from somewhere else. I always say that about, about Lisbeth. She's just from somewhere else, you know, like, ah, like all, all my, yeah. She's from Romania, Transylvania, isn't it? We were talking That's about right. yeah, yeah, earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. And a... We also spoke earlier on when we were talking about Jenny Sturgeon and Amy Bowman, um, about that link with nature. And it's absolutely there with Elizabeth's music, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's, it's mm -hmm. in a, a very bones. That mm -hmm. kind of... Yeah. The album cover actually has, it's a whale's eye with a kind of tear coming from it. And that would break your heart yourself. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah absolutely yeah I've, uh, that's that's my bit on that Ali I don't I, I just recommend anyone to go and see any of these people because um, yeah. they're great you know they're my favorites yeah another great example about what we've been talking about live music being back so you know take advantage of it because sometimes there's there, there are nights that you just won't forget and we've had plenty of nights over the years going to gigs together and you just think you know mm -hmm. we'll have that memory you know forever and a lot of them have mm -hmm. been up in Braemar and yeah. I'll never forget going to see the Blue Nile together. That was yeah. that was just incredible. Yeah, that was very moving indeed. In, in, no... in fact, in fact, the uh, TV director Jenny was with us as well. I think she was, she was, and she was, I think, quite amazed at how this band was moving us. Although she fell in love with the Blue Nile that night too, yeah, uh, and has accosted Paul Buchanan at least once on Byers Road. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> Andy. Yes. As always, for that, I really enjoyed chatting to you about that, and you've introduced me to a few new things as well. Yes, yes, you too, and um, yeah, that's good. Um, aye, cool. Uh, and we'll see you soon for a Christmas pint. Yes, for a slap-up meal at Mrs. Megan's Pie Shop. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And we'll be back yeah. soon with someone completely different. Cheers. <laughs>